Well, if you're anything like me, we've reached the time of year where I could use a little boost, a little pick-me-up. Just a few days ago, I woke up and turned off my alarm on my phone, and my alarm app gives me a little weather update. And I looked at it, and it said negative 26 degrees. Depressing enough. But then what it said underneath made me even more depressed. It said six degrees warmer than yesterday. Six degrees warmer, don't tell me that. You can't celebrate six degrees warmer, it's still negative 26. And then if that's not enough, football's over. And so that's depressing me right now. And if that's not enough, the last taste in my mouth from football is Tom Brady proving me wrong once again <laughs> and winning another Super Bowl. So it's time for a, a pick-me-up. Luckily, luckily, the gospel, I think, can provide. The story you read this morning revolves around this man who has leprosy and comes to Jesus. I'm sure you've heard this in homilies before, but leprosy is very significant in the Bible for a few reasons. One, it was a dangerous disease to the person who got it in and of itself. It was disfiguring. It was painful. It could even lead to death. But leprosy is also significant because how infectious and contagious it was. It was a danger not just to the person, but it was a danger that it would spread to the entire community. And so in the first reading, we read about these kind of strict regulations attached to it, both how you diagnose this thing, also how the person who gets it is supposed to act, and how the community is supposed to act. If you showed symptoms of this disease, you had to get yourself examined, or I dare say, you had to get yourself tested. And also, if you came into contact with anyone who had it, you had to get yourself examined or, once again, I dare say, tested. You had to separate yourself from the community if you got it. And on top of that, you couldn't go to temple services, the sort of Old Testament mass where God was worshipped and praised. If any of that sounded familiar, by the way, the lesson I think we should draw from it is that the biblical world isn't that different from our world. The biblical world is not that different from our world. And so the world that Jesus is operating in, that he's working in, and the lessons that we draw from that are relevant. It's the same world, and it's the same humanity he's addressing. But this healing exercise can give us, I think, several important spiritual lessons. Let's go through a few. The man in the story with leprosy that approaches Jesus the man asks to be made clean. He doesn't ask to heal, to be healed. This is a hint to us about where the man's desire is at. About where the man's desire is at, where his heart is at, and where his soul is at. Cleanness, he asks to be made clean. Cleanness is a technical word with a specific meaning. Pointing to who can and who cannot take part in the temple worship? Cleanness is a technical world, and so he's asking the man who comes to Jesus and asks not to be healed, but to, me, me, to be made clean. He's asking, make me capable. Make me able again to take part in worship. What he's saying to Jesus is, I have this obstacle to praising you. I have this obstacle to glorifying you with my life, and I beg you, please remove it. 
We could even go so far as to say that this man, his desire and his request is the same request as the first part of the Our Father, where we pray, hallowed be thy name, or holy be thy name. In other words, may your name be praised. May you be worshipped, and thy kingdom come, and thy will be done. This man's desire is that the obstacle that keeps him from glorifying God would be removed. And that's his request to Jesus. Second, if we pay close attention to this story, we see that there's something significant that kind of sparks Jesus' decision to heal the man. The gospel says that when the man comes to Jesus and makes his request known, it says that Jesus is moved with pity. This is an emotional reaction that Jesus has. This is a gut reaction. It's a human reaction to this man's suffering. Jesus isn't sitting stoically by, far removed from the man's suffering, kind of stoically evaluating what is and is not worth my time in healing. No, he's emotionally connected to what's afflicting this man. And the man's faith and his boldness. It took boldness for this man to leave his, his exile and to come into to the community and risk being scorned and made fun of and, and have his disfigurement uh, belittled and to risk being rejected by the community and by Jesus. It took boldness from this man. But the faith and the boldness to make his request known to Jesus, Jesus is connected to it intimately and he has an emotional response to it. So too for us and what afflicts us and the things that cause us suffering. Jesus isn't standing stoically by evaluating. He's emotionally connected to it. And those things that we bring to him in faith and with boldness, he responds to. Third, if we pay close attention to the story, we notice that at the end of the story, we're told that this healing became so well-known and so many people wanted to see Jesus that it actually became impossible for Jesus to enter into a town openly. In other words, by the end of the story, Jesus has actually taken the place of the man. At the beginning of the story, it's the man with leprosy who is an exile and separated from the community and can't go into town. But by the end of the story, it's Jesus who can't go into town. This story that, we're, that we read this morning of the man with leprosy being healed is in the first chapter of Mark. So these six weeks we've started a new liturgical year. We've only made it through like 40 verses. That's one chapter in Mark. And yet we're getting a hint, a foreshadowing about the end of the story. This is how Jesus intends to give the ultimate health, to give salvation to everyone by taking our place. He intends to give us the ultimate salvation, the ultimate health, by taking our place and suffering for us on the cross. Last, and what I'd like to leave us with this week, leprosy is also significant in the Bible because it's a sign or a window into what sin is like. Leprosy is a disease that afflicts and disfigures the body. Sin is a sort of disease 
that afflicts and disfigures the soul. Leprosy is a disease that can be obviously harmful, but even deadly to the body. Sin is a disease that is harmful and can even be deadly to the soul. Leprosy is a disease that separates physically a community and divides it. Sin is, is a disease that separates and divides a community. And so what we're supposed to notice about this man is that he is an image for us of what it's like to be liberated from the spiritual leprosy which afflicts the soul. You'll notice that this man, after he's healed of his leprosy by Jesus, after he's made clean, this man is driven and he is impelled to talk about it to such an extent that Jesus actually gave him a direct order and said, don't talk about this. Keep it a secret. And there's reasons why he does that that I won't get into now, but he gives him an order nonetheless. Don't talk about it. But this man is impelled by joy. He cannot keep his mouth shut. He must speak about it. He must speak about the joy of being liberated and healed of his leprosy. And so too for us, the occasion where we bring our spiritual leprosy, our sin, before Jesus, is not to be an occasion of self-condemnation. It's not to be an occasion to let my guilt complex take over. It's not to be an occasion of despair. No, to bring our spiritual leprosy before Jesus and ask him to make us clean is to be an occasion of joy. To experience the mercy of Jesus is an occasion of joy. And it's a joy that can impel us and drive us to the rest of our Christian lives and to drive us to speak about this Jesus that we've encountered. And so let us bring our spiritual leprosy before Jesus and ask for his cleansing so that we may glorify him, but also so that we may experience his joy and let that impel us and drive us through our Christian lives.